Welcome aboard the Mad Pastors Podcast. Honest pastors, honest conversations. Powered by G6 Allies. You may now feel free to move about the podcast. And welcome back, fellow Mad Pastors. And Top of the morning to you. Yeah, oh. Top of the morning to you, Mr. Or afternoon. Or, um, or evening. Maybe. Whenever and wherever you're watching this. As morning a, somewhere. As a new father, maybe early morning when you don't have anything else to do but hold the baby crying. I don't know. Either way. Um, but welcome back. And we're excited. Uh, this is a good episode, I think, that's coming up. And we're excited to talk about something that's, uh, that's real uh, big in the public eye right now. But if you're a student of history... Um, or just a student of like the last 20 years, so just your lifetime, you would realize, or a critical thinker, it's not really such a new thing. <laughs> um, and so, but everybody acts like it is. In fact, I remember I sat in a, a couple small groups over the last six months, and I heard people acting like this was a biblical issue that uh, that was like almost in the Bible. They're like, it's called, you know, and they would tell me what it's called. And I was like, well, I know, but that's not exactly what we're talking about. So it just kind of works its way into everything. And so uh, let's just go ahead and intro it. Today we're going to be talking about cancel culture. Or. Oh, I like the pronunciation. I know. There. Uh, that took as long as typing in cancel culture and going to Google Image Search. You're welcome. That's uh, <laughs> nice. How everything is lowercase except the CH. So we're supposed to really emphasize that, right? Yeah. It's like culture. Cancel culture. Sure. Is that really the U-R sound is an up, upside down E in the pronunciation key? Sure. I did not. Okay. I, I have yeah. no idea. Listen, the truth is some millennial made but that. You know don't even know how to read. I don't like it, <laughs> so I'm going to cancel it. Uh, so Much, uh, That's better. Now, you may, if you, uh, as, as people that know about cancel culture, I mean, everybody talks about it. We're going to talk about a couple different facets of it because there, there are some different ones. There are the cancelers and the cancelees. Um, and sometimes it really depends on who's doing the canceling that makes a difference about it. Um, but if you grew up in the nineties, probably the eighties, there's like an ongoing boycott and fundamentalist churches about secular music, but that really is the word boycott boycott. And in the nineties, the most famous of boycotts, if you remember, um, was Disney. Disney. Now, uh, were there some weird things probably going on at Disney? Sure. Uh, but I don't really know. Here's what's funny. I can't remember if this started it. I remember it was like my mom would, my mom would be talking with me about it. And, and then you'd hear other people at church talking about it and, and everybody would get their VHS tape of the Lion King and they put it in and then they, we would try and, you know, there's tracking going on and we try and do frame by frame cause we had a nice VCR and it'd be like, okay, he's going to hit this. And all of a sudden, and dust sex is, is going to spell sex. sex. And it, it did not. And then they're like, at one point, it was so funny. They said, at one point, and the fox and the hound, the badger, flipped somebody off. And I went, well, the badger's got three fingers. I mean, there's pretty much a one of three chance he's going to. So just, and so on the Lion King one, fun, yeah. fun side note for uh-oh. you. Uh oh. So the, the animators, maintain i mean if you have the original version of it yeah you can see where it says, says sex yeah. yeah we could not though we didn't have a good enough vcr the, I guess. I thought the it was animators nice. maintain it's purely coincidental like it was just it was supposed to but be when you're drawing the, 30 of those the, pictures the a second swirls of the dust coming out and it just Sexy happened swirls. to line up that way 
but in the remastered edition, they changed the swirls, and mm-hmm. so it's it's gone. So <laughs> no more. Sexy most likely, swirls. the version of Lion King you've seen does not have it in there. There is the because, real one because they made some adjustments to it. Well, there is the real one where. Uh, well, I mean that one's obviously real too. Now you say that. We never could find it, so I don't mm-hmm. know if we just didn't have the good enough VCR or not. I think my brother even brought home one from the church that had tracking a tracking button on it. We tried it. Um, I at eight years old, I did not try it. My parents were trying <laughs> yes. it. I was just watching, going. Huh? And so, either way, there. I mean, you remember the rock rock music in the eighties? It was all about if you turn it backwards, mm-hmm. it's going to oh, have yeah. satanic signs. Which maybe that's true, maybe that's not. But those guys were having a hard time just getting brain cells to bump together after all that stuff. So. Anyway, but no, I do remember Rescuers Down Under had a naked lady in it. I've seen that clip where they're flying through and it's there is some weird stuff. But what was important about it and what I think is so funny is that we all boycotted Disney. We were like, no, Disney's terrible. And they're coming out with a gay day, which they also had a young Christians day, too. So I don't I don't know. Nobody talked about that day. But Disney just continued to grow. And uh, Southern Baptist Convention just continued to be bitter and have no fantasy literature to read or watch. And so, you know, it was it didn't really accomplish anything. And in fact, we look back on those times and go, yeah, maybe that was a bad idea. And uh, but now you see the reiteration of this is in cancel culture. You know, and I served at a ridiculous like 20 year behind type of church. And I had some problems. People would talk about boycotting. They wouldn't say cancel because cancel seems to be the the Democrat sexist word or, or not se- secular word of, well, cancel means you're a liberal. But they were more conservative. So they'd always say boycott, boycott, you know, whatever. Right. And it didn't matter. But it's just we need to understand those are the same thing. So you're not none of you have no blood on your hands. If it and- walks like a duck and it quacks <laughs> like a duck. It's, it's a probably duck. a chicken. Yeah, but either, either way, um, no. So. Anyway, but but I have to ask the question. I think we always have to ask it because we dismiss things so easily or we accept things so easily. Is, are there is there some merit to boycotting or cancel culture? Um, is there where where does it become not meritorious? Where is you know where is it good, bad, ugly, everywhere in between? Um, go, you're our you're our resident uh, philosopher. Where where would you? Because I have my own opinions and we'll talk about them. But what do you think? So I, I think. I mean, obviously, boycotting started well before the 90s. And, no, it was and, and it was just Disney's. in the 90s. It was invented and new. Uh, I mean, ev- everybody boycotts <laughs> something, right? You, right? you have a bad experience at a restaurant, you're never going back. That's yeah. boycotting, yeah. right? You, you're, you, you are choosing to abstain from giving your business to that place or for, mm. from being a part of that or from... From the Greek, to uh, go without. Boycottomai. <laughs> I like, I like that's it. Not, that's not true, but it could be. Believe it or not, he made that up off the top of his head. You know, 89% um, of things can be made off the top of your head. Really? Yeah. I always heard it was 72. But no, you're wrong. Anyway. Um, well, you know, we, and we also, I told you, or I, I mentioned this, but in the 1700s, uh, as, a, as a fight against slavery in William Wilberforce's time, there was even a boycott of sugar made in the West Indies. Mm-hmm. And this idea that we're going to boycott sugar in order to help tank the market on sugar so they'll relinquish slaves in the slave trade. I would say it's a good boycott. Mm-hmm. Uh, but anyway, keep going. I'm sorry. So, I mean, the general principle there is that you you are refusing to participate in something or mm-hmm. to purchase something for a couple of reasons. Like Either class. you don't want to, you don't want to uh, provide financial gain to that individual or company. Mm-hmm. Uh, you, you personally just don't want to be associated with it. 
Sure. Um, or it's just something that you uh, are just taking a stand against because everybody else is, or right. or those within your community are standing against it. Much like many many of the Christians in the '90s did not have a problem with Disney, right? They yeah. they would they would have gone to Disney World or Disneyland. They'd go see Disney movies. They would buy Disney products. They'd watch ABC on TV. I mean, Disney owns like half of the world. So they were involved in Disney somehow, whether they knew right. it or not. They right? watched ESPN. Such a huge conglomerate. Yeah, ESPN. Um, but they they chose to avoid a good chunk of Disney, at least, or anything sure. with Disney's label on it. Uh, because that's what their church was doing. And right. so that might be another, maybe not necessarily a personal conviction in it, but mm-hmm. out of peer pressure or because that's what your community is doing, you avoid those things. So those are kind of the three three of the main reasons I can think of for why we might boycott uh, something. The, um, <laughs> the, I think about they went from for about 10 years, they were went from the Southern Baptist Convention to the Sad Baptist community. <laughs> no... No, uh, no good movies to watch. Either way, <clears throat> we were homeschooled, so we had great boycotts on anything that was supposedly had witchcraft in it, mm-hmm. except for Star Wars, uh, which I don't know how that happened, but Magic or Witchcraft or whatever. But but that That's kind of not stuff was witchcraft. That's, not, That's well, using the Force. We couldn't even watch Escape to Witch Mountain. It had nothing to do with witches. That was about aliens. But it but had, we guess it had witch. witch in the name. <laughs> Well, I mean, and I'm not feel I don't feel like I missed a great classic on that. I just no, no, I just, you didn't. I just thought it was weird that my mom would give me like I'd, I'd have it on and say, and up next on Disney Channel, Escape to Witch Mountain, and I'd get, <laughs> and I'd be like, I'm turning, I'm changing, yeah, I'm going to Nickelodeon. Well, and and you weren't, you certainly weren't alone. That was mm-hmm. in in the '90s. That was, it was everywhere, everywhere. Yeah, most Christian families would not let their kids watch different things. And, sure. Which and, honestly, and, today they and should. And now I, I see what kids watch today, and I think, oh. hey, good job, parents. I, <laughs> you guys I made, did good. <laughs> I made the statement that I, I told somebody at one point. I made the statement. Uh, you know, was it weird that I couldn't watch Harry Potter growing up? Sure. But I would rather have been able to experience it on my own terms than have had it be something negative. And I can't fault my parents for that. And, and that's kind of a, is that technically a boycott? Yes, it's definitely different than what we're talking about. Sure. And so, and I think within your home, you definitely should, as pastors, as just believers, you should definitely limit what your child sees and make sure that what it sees lines up with what you believe. And we you know when they're out of your house and they're adults, they can watch those things, but that's good for you. But when what we're really talking about is, you know, when an organization or a group of people, or maybe even a person makes a, that's a private thing we were talking about, makes a public stance that I am not doing this. And now it's become known. Boycotting tends to be when it's one person or an organization, like, like what we were talking about. Cancel culture now seems to reach everywhere. Mm -hmm. So cancel culture tends to be, you know, more of a, maybe it's more of a woke idea at the moment or started being called that and that idea. But, you know, if you are, if you have anything in your past that was offensive or wrong, not criminal, but just you said something that was in, in uh, inappropriate or whatever, you know, you're canceled and nobody hires you anymore. Uh, but then we kind of, there's a different level of it where we see if, you know, the government is censoring, you know, or big tech platforms are censoring people. And that's a different aspect of it. And so that really gets more into censorship. People call it cancel culture, but I think that's more censorship. We're talking about more when a group of people find something in somebody's past or something they don't like about them, and then they create a 
negative campaign against that group or company or what have you. Yeah. So I, I think getting to that level where, where it either becomes organized or to some extent systemic Mm -hmm. that it, it pervades all of, of culture, that whole concept of boycotting or canceling, Mm -hmm. whatever terminology you want to use. Canceling. That, add them together. Canceling. Yes. Boycotting. Co- <laughs> that, that, that's can, a little different idea. Can, can, cotting. Can, cotting. Can, cotting. It's better than boycotting because I didn't realize what that sounded like. <laughs> we'll edit that part out. Oh, um, man. Or will we? Maybe. <laughs> we'll cancel that. Um, no, to, um, to get at the heart of what we, I mean, we've kind of bantered for. Sure. 12, 14 and minutes here. Um, a little bit. But to really get to the heart of, of the issue, I, I think the nature of cancel culture as we see it today in all of its different iterations, it's all rooted in the, I, I think, it's, it's yeah. all rooted in the, in the postmodern mindset that every individual maintains their own standard of truth. Mm-hmm. And so by me having my own truth, my truth, yeah. when you say something or do something that conflicts with my truth, yeah. then you shouldn't do that. Right. So you need to stop or you need to go away or I'm not going to support you because it's not no longer is it simply a disagreement of ideas or even behaviors. It's like, hey, I don't like it when you do that. I think you should stop it but we can still be friends. Right. Now it's, I don't like it when you do that. That's offensive to me, to I me at my, at my core. Yeah. And therefore you are wrong and you don't fit within my world of truth. So out you go. Yeah. That makes sense. Um, and, or my little, my group's standard of truth or what we think truth is. Yeah. yeah. And, and to an extent you you can say that's that's what Christians in the 90s were doing that this was sure. a, this is our value system this was our truth uh and although they wouldn't have said this is our truth they they mm-hmm. would have said this is our value system or this is God's truth sure which is their value system um from a from a purely secular standpoint and so to say this is our value system and what mm-hmm. Disney is doing doesn't fit within that, therefore it has no space within our day-to-day practices and beliefs right. makes sense, right, that we, that we would sure. remove it. But it gets incredibly chaotic when that extends everywhere. And I'm not saying it should have, that Christians are the only ones that should be able to boycott. Sure, sure. Uh, it just it has it extended itself to what we see today in cancel culture, yeah. uh, where every single person has the ability to cancel someone or something. And when, yeah. when 300 million people in the United States alone have the ability to cancel something or someone, everything is going to get canceled. Right. Oh, e- yeah. Except yeah, for <laughs> a couple of things that are going to rise to the top. And, and those things being the agendas of those who have the most money, yeah. who have the most power, who have the mm-hmm. most influence. Those are the things that are going to persist while everything else does, in fact, get canceled. Well, it's taken on this air of just a vengeful air, too. Like, I'm not saying it wasn't <clears throat> negative. I don't really agree with the Disney boycott of the 90s. But since we're using that as a base for us as believers, I don't know if I agreed with it. But I also don't feel like it was incredibly vengeful 
and hateful. It was, was it probably dumb? Maybe. Was it a little bit odd? Sure. <clears throat> Whatever it may be. Uh, but at the moment, I get it. It's incredibly, and, and what's interesting to me is when Christians jump on the cancel culture train. I also think it's funny that the Disney boycott of the 90s just disappeared as soon as quickly as it appeared. Because people are like, yeah, this is... As soon as Disney bought Star Wars, it was over. <laughs> That's a good point. <laughs> We're done. But like the majority of people, though, you know, you watch them. Most of us, it was gone as fast as it came about. And everybody just didn't talk about it because Christians are people too, make mistakes. I know that they don't think they do a lot of times, but they do. And they just went, yeah, this is dumb. <laughs> and stopped. But right now, I, I get so frustrated when I see this in Christian circles so much because it takes a vengeful, almost ungodly motivation. There's not much of a spiritual motivation anymore. And, and the reason I think that is because, and they may think it is, but it just seems to always be geared at punishing somebody rather than a personal conviction and abstaining. Mm -hmm. And part of why I think that's the case is that there's no consistency across the board. And so that's <clears throat> talking about what I think about it. I think that if you, if it's a personal action that you're taking, okay, go for it. You know, if it's a personal action that you say, I, I just have a conviction about this because convictions are different across the board. There are black and whites, but then there's a lot of gray. And so, and I think that that gets to where Paul, you know, Paul begins to talk. And a lot of this in first Corinthians eight is one of those places where, you know, I think it's interesting. It's, it's, there's more applications and more passages, but one that sticks out to me is when he talks about meat being sacrificed to idols. Mm -hmm. You know, and he says, listen, if, just don't worry about it. Go into a house and don't ask if the meat was or if it wasn't. But if you but if you have an issue with it and it makes you stumble, then don't do then it. Don't do it. Then don't. Do, and so and that would be my statement. But the problem is we do it. And then we uh, Christians are just as bad. In fact, virtue signaling, which is a part of cancel culture. Christians are just as bad about that. I've been doing that for just as long. And there's this virtue signaling of like, well, I'm better than you because I blah, blah, blah. And I know this because whenever I've shared personal convictions with people and try and do it as a pastor, you do it often because they'll ask you about your lifestyle and you try and tell them, well, this is just something I do. They'll get real defensive. And it's not even a mad defensive. It's just like, oh, well, well, I don't, I don't, I don't usually do that either. And I'm like, no, 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 do, do what you got to do. I mean, there's nothing in the Bible that says this, this is just how I feel. Mm -hmm. um, but one of those things is consistency. And a consistency across the board. And so here's where I, I find an issue and, and I mean, speak into it. But I remember working at a church that was, like I said, about 20, 30 years behind the curve on just stupid things and cultural things. And so even to how they formatted and practiced, you know, worship. And so it's that's a longer conversation. But everybody was still onto the boycott train. And so I had, you know, I had one guy who if you brought him Starbucks coffee, he wouldn't drink it. And I was like, okay, sorry. You know, like brought it to him and he was, he was, and he wasn't super jerky about it, but he was kind of a, he was just very virtue signaling. He's like, I don't do it because they give to Planned Parenthood. And I just feel like I can't do that. And I was like, okay, well, do you not shop at Target either? Well, I don't shop at Target. I just don't feel, oh, okay. Well then shut up. Like that was always my thought or somebody that goes, or for non-spiritual reasons. You know, something came out. I like Nike shoes. They're some of the only shoes that are comfortable on my feet. And, you know, I wore them in and I had somebody look down and went, I can't believe you're wearing Nike shoes. And I said, I can. They're right there. You know, I don't know. They're a very big brand. And she goes, I can't believe that because they had anti-American sentiments. And I, I ain't going to wear those anymore. I'm wearing Under Armour from now on. And I said, that's great for you. I like Nike shoes. More but, power to you. Yeah. And so, but there's, this, when it when it becomes about preaching your particular issue and especially when it's not even a spiritual thing 
right? That gets into more Christian nationalism than we talked about last week. But when it becomes something like that, or when the spirit is to, I mean, Paul said, pray for those who persecute you, pray for those who are your enemies, that to love others. I mean, there's this idea of I'm just going to be vengeful and have this vengeful spirit about boycotting. It's different than having a spirit that goes, I don't think I can support that. I want these people to know Jesus. But the truth is, that's not kindness that leads to repentance. And that doesn't, not that the CEO of Starbucks really cares about the doofus that didn't care about Target, but cared about him. What it does say is that what about the people around you who just know that, well, I hate what they do and I'm not going to do that. I mean, that's not a kindness that leads to repentance. That's not, is that really an accurate picture of what God would have us do? That's, that's my question, my thoughts on it. Like if it's to be careful about what is, is it consistent across the board? Mm -hmm. You know, am I, if you're going to say that you have this big stance on Planned Parenthood, then are you going to not use anybody that has Planned Parenthood or are you just going to pick one because it was easy for you to give up? Yeah. Um, I think there may be reasons why you would target or why you would target, target, boycott Starbucks, but not target. I mean, mm-hmm. there, there could be any number. You don't sure. like the direction that that particular company goes. You don't like what they support. Mm-hmm. And, and that one for you is, is one that you're going to say, no, I'm going to draw the line on this. Right. But target, not so much. I, I think there's probably a little bit of wiggle room in that. Mm-hmm. But yeah, your your point remains that it's a matter of consistency. And if if the reason if the only reason you're not supporting Starbucks is because they support Planned Parenthood, then your own logic dictates that you need to remove every company okay. that supports Which I just, Planned target, Parenthood. I don't know the other companies so. out of out of your your life. And mm-hmm. so, um, yeah, in that sense, I mean, if that's going to command more of my respect. From someone, whether I agree with them or not, but if they are consistent, sure. like, yeah, I don't support Planned Parenthood. So any company that supports Planned Parenthood, I'm not going to do business with. Yeah. More power to you, man. That's that's I, that's commendable that you're that consistent, even if it's inconvenient mm-hmm. on you. Uh, and there's lots of great stores you could shop at or food you could eat, whatever. But out of conviction, you just made that blanket statement and you've removed all that. I, I respect that for sure. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it does. It does seem a little dubious when when it's uh, I'm picking this one, but Got don't that. care about this one. And so consistency does. But I th- I think maybe even the bigger point that you mentioned is is the aggressiveness mm-hmm. behind it. Are are we doing this as a way of um, promoting the kingdom of God? Are we doing this out of conviction of what we stand for? Or are we mm-hmm. doing this? Be a jerk, right? right. I mean, that's a that's a big big distinction. Or just, yeah, just to attack uh, that, that we need to understand. And, and yeah, are we trying to attack someone or a my, company or whatever? We talked about this on the show um, in a previous podcast about how we would we would not recommend a book written by mm-hmm. somebody with a moral failure unless we gave a caveat. But we wouldn't just like on the show go, "Hey, read Robbie Zacharias's book," because we don't want to look like we're endorsing what Robbie Zacharias has been accused of and has done, right? Or Bill Hybels, or we taught you, we use those two specific examples. But we want to be careful about when recommending books like that, especially since you can find that kind of content in other places. And so it becomes very easy when you talk about, I don't want to support the ministry of that person or support that person because of the things that they've done. It does get murkier when you talk about canceling Netflix and supporting Netflix because there's a lot of people that work for Netflix. 
Mm-hmm. I then you've got then I'd have to ask the question: Are you willing to judge that? Like I had a really great professor in college who to share the gospel with people. He didn't want. He was a pastor who became a professor. Now he works with a Christian college and invests in students. I love what he does. Um, but he he would actually work during the summers part time at Starbucks mm-hmm. because he just wanted to hang out with people and connect with. So is he is he sinning and is sinful and is the way that we approach that, I mean, how do we, is it, is it an imperative that believers do cancel or boycott places? And if it's not, how do we rectify the hundreds of thousands of employees? I mean, it's really easy to be like, I'm good with Walmart because Walmart's in the South and everybody like, you know, but what if Walmart does something crazy? Are we just never going to shop at a Walmart again? And so my, you know, I know well, we're not, you, go ahead. You're never going to find a company that, isn't in especially a large company that mm-hmm. isn't involved or contributes to or sympathetic to something you disagree with. Right. It's just not going to happen in sure. this. I mean, Walmart is Walmart participates in things that, that you're not going to agree with. Target does too. Yeah. Um, but one of those fact, is not rolling down prices. Most, I agree with that. most of the local mom and pop shops are, are going to mm-hmm. be, you know, they may have a different political persuasion than yeah. you. So are you not going to support them because they might vote green party? Where where do you where Nobody do you draw the line on this right, right. Uh, and so here here's kind of what I think um, as we mm-hmm. move to the final segment here I th- I think there are to my mind two major problems mm-hmm. with the cancel culture that okay. that I think we need to think through and be able to communicate this to our people. So pastors, you're getting asked about Mm -hmm. cancel culture and should we cancel this? And how do we respond to an aggressive cancel culture that, that is intolerant of Christianity in the name of tolerance? Um, Work that one out for yourself there. A lot. (laughs) So uh, how, how do we as pastors respond to this? And, and I think we need to zero in on two, two major problems. Okay. One uh, is is just what I mentioned earlier that it's complete chaos when everybody has an individual set of truth, right? And and there are going to be certain things that that rise to the top, and right now that is um, things that are anti-Christian, right? Right, and and people and companies bend their entire business model, their entire structure around this concept or this fear of being canceled. Right. If they wouldn't do that, it would not be as big of an issue. No, for, and it wouldn't for, even affect that. Uh, I mean, just cancel culture in 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 general, right? So right. one person claims, hey, I don't like this company because, you know, they kill baby seals. Uh then right. it's not a large constituency of people that are claiming cancellation of that, right? Oddly enough, and I was, then oh, and then these companies go, well, we don't want to be perceived as baby seal killers, right? So we're gonna Killing swing the pendulum as far this way as we can. We kill adult seals now to to acquiesce a to small them. base, right? right. Uh, and certainly, there are things that are much much larger bases and, and majority of the country are like, Hey, that's wrong. Don't do that. Mm-hmm. And, and, but I think 
one of the problems is the rate at which companies and organizations, churches bend their will out of fear of being lumped into this cancel culture. Yeah. When the truth is, you if if you make a stand for anything, mm-hmm. you're going to be lumped into cancel culture. Yeah, no doubt. And I um, think that is dangerous. I think also one thing that I, before I forgot, when it comes to how we cancel people, I remember thinking this before we were using the term cancel culture um, in like 2016, 2017. And <clears throat> this is not a, a pro or anti-Trump thing. But I do remember some significant Christian leaders that were focusing more on just straight up attacking his former lifestyle, the things that he did. Do I think he was a believer at that time? No, I mean, I don't, I don't know. And I mean, I can't know that, but at that time I didn't, I for sure was like, yeah, I don't think he is. But I remember thinking these are the same guys and I worked with these guys. And so this is not just a president Trump kind of thing. This is uh, just anybody, but at the point of picking things in our past, these Christian leaders, these guys essentially set themselves up where they could never sit across the table from Trump and share the gospel because they had done nothing but attack him, beat him up, and and rail on him for things he did 20 years ago. And my thought was, too, when we're talking about individual people, where's the grace? I'm not saying you excuse things. I'm not saying if it's criminal. I'm not even saying if it's sustained behavior. But that's the one thing that that's one of the biggest things that cancel culture bothers me about when it attacks individuals and people. If it's something criminal, obviously we deal with that. And that's that's not okay. But when you hear people that make a racist comment 30 years ago or people that said something, but they don't have any history of that now, I think that there's got to be a certain amount of grace with us that goes, you know what? I wouldn't want everything I said plastered all over from 30 years ago. Like I get it. People grow. People do wrong things. People, you know, I, it gets really dangerous because you see, I saw all the people at the beginning of this whole trend, re- the, the re- most recent trend that were all about canceling everybody that had done something that they disagreed with. And then it came back around and hit them. And now I see those people going, this is not a good idea. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it's exactly what you said. It's chaos. It's, <clears throat> there's no standard of truth. There's no, and, and I think that maybe for, Maybe one encouragement for believers is make sure you understand that when you do take a stand, you're not doing it as a part of a cultural movement. You're not doing it as a part of a boycott, that you do it because it's based on God's word and based on scripture. And that's your goal. And I think that that changes everything because then we start thinking about the consistency of scripture. Like I, That's my struggle is what about are we alienating thousands and thousands and thousands and millions of people? that work for companies like this. And then are we saying mm-hmm. that you can't be a good believer and work for a company like that? And, and I don't see that in the gospel. In fact, one good example of that is that when you were, when you were a soldier in Rome, that was a lifetime gig and you served the emperor. You didn't have to worship him uh, necessarily, but you served the emperor. And Paul, I remember Paul saying, if you're a soldier, be a good soldier. Paul wasn't saying because you can't agree with the military and what you're doing, you need to leave. Paul said, stay in, be a soldier, don't break the law and run away. Do what you do. And so I think mm-hmm. that there is, to some extent, some precedence there. Of The gospel is subversive, and it works in things and through things, and you can be a part of that without being that. And so I, those are just some of the thoughts I think are worth thinking through, well, all of and, what we talked about. And the the second um, major issue, and this is this is the biggest one for me, yeah, of, of this. why I think cancel culture is so dangerous, is it... I don't know that it's um, the cause 
Mm-hmm. I don't think the causation is here, but it certainly is symptomatic yeah. of the reality that we have lost the ability to disagree with one another. That's huge. We, yeah. we, we simply don't know how to do that anymore. Right. Um, we, not healthily. And, 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 not, <laughs> and not, obviously, I'm, I'm not the kind of person to say, we need to go back to the good old days. But there is Pistols a sense in which what we used to be able to do as a society mm-hmm. was to sit across the table from one another, passionately share ideas that were polar opposites, yeah. have a healthy conversation. I would understand what you're saying and where you're coming from. You would understand what I'm saying and where I'm coming from. Yeah. And we would both leave that table better for it. Even if not, our opinions were not changed, because a lot of times people don't change their opinions, right? Sure. We, but we could have a healthy conversation about our disagreements, and we could leave that table and still be friends and have a better understanding of where the other person is coming from. Yeah. That does not exist in cancel culture. Yeah. At the first sign of you being intolerant of my view of things, you're gone. And that leads us to only surrounding ourselves with people who think just like us. And if you disagree with us, you're outside of us. So it further segregates ideologies from mm-hmm. one another. Um, we, we are not a melting pot. Uh, America loves to claim itself as a melting pot. We're not a melting pot anymore. Right. We, we are pockets of different ideologies represented all over the place because we don't allow conversation to trans. Uh, uh, to be transparent and transcend you, those different groups. And you don't grow and, and you can't be healthy if you don't have friction or people that disagree. I mean, you think about the potato famine in the 1800s happened because Ireland grew. They decided to grow one type of potato everybody liked. And as soon as there was a blight on that one potato, the whole crop and the whole country went into famine. Why? Because you need different species of plant to help it. And I think you're 100% right. We We don't, but why don't we? Because we don't... We have to be, it's either got to be right or wrong. There can't be a healthy debate. I mean, when we're in a world where Bill Maher speaks more uh, uh, logical truth (laughs) than the majority of people I hear on either side, I'm like, this is something's weird here. This is the twilight zone. (laughs) But because he is part of that old school liberal, liberal mindset, I mean, you can be a conservative, but be a classic liberal where you discuss and you talk back and forth and you can even think each other are idiots, but you still talk about it and you move Mm -hmm. on. Right. And as believers, we should lead the way in that. That should be. Now, granted, it's never been easy. Uh, old St. Nicholas, uh, who Santa's based after, got kicked out of uh, the Council of Nicaea for punching out uh, Arius. Mm-hmm. So granted, it's never been super, super smooth. But we should be able. You're right. That's huge. It, it, it eliminates our ability to disagree with respect to one another. Yeah. So mm-hmm. pastors, teach your people the, the dangers of... Mm-hmm cancel culture, help them think through it and and help them to be consistent, yep. help them not to be aggressive or go into attack mode yeah. on these things, help right. them to understand that um, the whole premise of cancel culture comes out of this postmodern idea of mm-hmm. individual truth and that there is yep. no standard of truth. And, and that's what they're ultimately battling here. Yeah. Uh, and, and then, and then, Fourth and, and finally, make sure that you are teaching your people the the art of discourse. Mm. How do you have a conversation with someone 
who is on the opposite side of the political spectrum, who is opposite yeah. on the lifestyle spectrum, uh, whatever issue it is, how do you have a conversation with them? Teach people how to have that conversation. If you want more information on th- uh, resources like Growbox that can help you maybe get to that point, if you need to work on healthy discourse or growing as a person, uh, just go to g6allies.com slash Growbox, uh, all lowercase. And if you have any other questions for us or want us to even recommend some resources, just email us at hello at g6allies.com. Uh, man, we love you guys. And uh, thanks, Michael, for a good week. Thank you. Coffee's up. That's new. Clink. Got <laughs> a paper cup. That's new. All right. <laughs> See y'all later. Thank you for listening to the Mad Pastors podcast. Mad Pastors is powered by G6 Allies, who knows that healthy ministry means having the right team behind you to provide worthwhile tools so ministry doesn't destroy you. If you'd like to partner with G6 Allies, here's a couple of ways you can do it. One, you can rate subscribe, and review this podcast so that as many people as possible can get the same help and encouragement that you're receiving. You can also visit g6allies.com slash partner to see how you can financially partner with us. G6 Allies is dependent on viewers and listeners like you to support our ministry across the nation. If you have any questions or would like to contact the Mad Pastors for any reason, you can contact us at hello at g6allies.com. We'd love to hear from you.